Gaming NBS episode 225 being recorded Monday, January 14th, 2019. Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. Good to have everybody on board. How you doing, Sean? Holding together? Oh, man, I'm telling you. I'm holding on, Brett, just by my fingertips for this crazy thing called life. I came back after Evercon, got my collective crap together. I'm like, all right, this should be a good week. Nothing too crazy happened. Of course, shit crazy happened at work, and I was like, oh, my God. Up 20-plus hours one day and just... Madness and insanity. That's craziness. Yeah, it's the it's the charmed life I lead, man. Man, but this week's all a lot better. So that's that's pretty that's pretty slick. Well, that's good. All right, man. Shall we get into it? Let's do this, huh? Yeah. Let's see here. Announcements. So we are recording this on the fourteenth, and that means by the time this drops, the Avalon Kickstarter is over. At the time I record this. Thank you, thank you. We have 573 backers. Of our $3,000 goal, we, at this point, have $11,360 and 58 hours left to go. So That's almost enough to retire, Brett. It's getting there. I mean, I'm making real RPG gamer money here. It's getting close. You could buy a shit ton of noodles. A shit ton of guns. Yeah, that's 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 just what I need. It's what it's what backers and Brett wants. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, if you did back the Kickstarter, or even if you didn't, you uh, passed on to a friend of yours. You know somebody else who did it, or just you thought about it and said, you know what, not for me. The fact that you entertained the thought and looked into it and in any way at all supported me, even if it was just like, a, hey, good job, not my thing, but go you. Thank you, thank you very much. It was, um, it was crazy. It's, uh, it's still it's a wild ride. I mean, I don't consider it done. Obviously, until the product is in people's hands. Once it's in their hands and it's looking good and all that, I will be happy to call success from a hey, are we funded? Yes, success on that level. But as I said with other Kickstarters, until the product is in people's hands, I will not consider it successful just yet. So, but yeah, Brad has cooking. a Brad has a little. Uh got a little bit of uh pressure on you now a little bit we gotta deliver that's well, fine we got the product is like almost there the main book and all that yeah. stuff so because brett's expressed oh i've expressed distaste and hatred for people <laughs> claiming oh this this kickstarter was absolutely successful it was a year and a half late in delivery how the hell is that success it's not <laughs> so we're on track to meet our meet our deadlines and uh, looking really good. So I'm very pleased and I'm very proud of the Encoded team for all that they've done to help me make this silly little dream of mine come true. So this is really, really cool. <laughs> all right, enough about me. What else have we got? Tell everybody about Awesome Dice, man. Awesome Dice. So go over to GamingNBS.com and then sign up for our email to be entered into the drawing for the month of January 2019 for a set of dice from awesomedice.com. Thanks for Brandon for at Awesome Dice for supplying the dice. Um, if you do head over to awesomedice.com uh, and you want to place an order, 
Place one for over 10 bucks. Use gaming and BS as the promo code and you'll receive 15% off your order. So check that out. Uh, so just a simple email. The last email I sent out was before the Avalon Kickstarter. And that's been how long, Brett? Well, let's see. It was a 30-day Kickstarter, and there's only, what, 50-some hours left? So Yeah. It was a while ago. Almost yeah, 30 so days ago, man. We're not going to send emails every day. But if you want us to, you'll have to email us and let us know, and I'll get Brett to do that. I've got an infrastructure, guys. I've got AI Xbox. I can build a, I can build a job somewhere. I'll get a batch job written. I'll email yeah. you all the time. If that's there what you, you need, I can make that happen. There you go. Speaking of GamingNBS.com, I've made some updates to our website. So if you uh, haven't is it, been, is this a what have you do, what did you do, Ray type of ups, update or? Oh, Brad, it's, it's working. Good stuff. All right, yes. just checking. Yes, God, man, I just like to check. If you haven't been to the website, because sometimes you can just get a podcast and never actually visit the website, which is fine and that's cool. You don't have to, but I put some things up there. I changed our about pages and. Uh, if you're interested to know kind of what our what gear we use or how different methods of supporting us, so I'm I'm changing that. So things new things to come. Cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it looks pretty sharp. You did good work, man. Hey, thanks, dude. No problem. Hey, are you going to GaryCon with me? Um, I think I am going. <clears throat> good, good. As far as I know. As far as you know. Subject to change from, you know, I don't know, sick animal, sick wife, sick Sean, sick, you know, right, but the family is, member. The, the plan is Sean will be at Gary. Motorcycle Gary accident in no, March. Stop, stop, stop. There's you know, no, no more of that. Tripping over a crack in the sidewalk and. This is. Sorry, life's beat me up. No, it is. <laughs> you know, we, we I'm not going to lie to you. Wait, last year was year of the Kelly. We were all rooting for you, Ugh. and you survived. So I did. I'm just I'm trying to see how this year progresses. If and if you need more, maybe this is you know year of the Kelly part two. I don't know. Year of the Kelly, you know. I would really like the lottery. I mean, the, I, you know, to counteract everything, I'd like like a windfall somewhere. I should have like year of the Kelly, the revenge, something like I'm like an '80s like movie, you know, First Blood part two or something, you know. I don't know, man. You're the Kelly. Bet you can't drown me. Something like that. Right. <laughs> right. My dog's trying to kill me. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Sorry. That's not funny, but it's no, funny. No. Anyway, I'm going to be at Gary Khan at the very least, uh, barring unforeseen craziness and events. I shall be there. Um. So Sean should hopefully be there, too. I know a bunch of other listeners, friends of the show, and just friends of ours go to Gary Khan as well. So hopefully it'll be a good time to grab a drink with folks, hang out, talk, do a little gaming. So. Hopefully, we will see folks there in March. Gary Khan, go to GaryKahn.com. You can find out more info there, of course. So, I think, I think that's about it. Yeah. All right, man, shall we random it up? Yeah, let's get to random encounter. Let's do that. Random encounter. Got one this week because we dropped episode 224 pretty late so we didn't give a lot of people a lot of time to listen to 224 and then drop us a line so yeah well after i came back from evercon you had stuff i had work crap like okay this is gonna be late people that's just what happened so yeah anyway shall uh you can read this one i'll let you know sean i'm gonna let you that's read this good. one it's the only time i get to talk yeah so the, if you, if you could it, yeah just that, that's enough just get going <laughs> oh sorry 
Saul Morales. Hey there, Brett and Sean. Detect evil. I don't know about this spell ability really impacting any of my D&D game from original D&D all the way to the current 5th edition. One of the good things I have had in my group of players, most of them have been the same ones I have always gamed with since I was a kid, is that none of them are a-holes or rules lawyers. Well, that's good, man, because if you're playing with them for that long, I guess I do. I mean, so that's not saying much. <laughs> I do have I have one. He's He was okay this past weekend playing Tomb of Annihilation. Anyways, continuing on with Saul. Uh, we all read the rules, played the game, and the DM was always a good arbitrator of the rules. Only recently I have a player that is a total rules lawyer. I was thinking maybe he came from a group of a-holes, I guess since he always had to defend his character from other players and the GM. He has lavished praise on my GMing, saying, quote, you're one of the best GMs I ever played with, end quote. But now I think that bar is pretty freaking low. I've met his old group. He refuses to play RPGs with them anywhere anymore. I gotten to know them and they seem nice, but I only played in one RPG with them. Of a group of six people, they all GM, but then GM but they GM different games from Legend of the Five Rings to Pathfinder to D&D. The one GM I played with had a weird habit of interpreting what I said, air quotes there, interpreting what I said my character did. I would tell him what I was going what I, God, I cannot read. I would tell him what I was doing, and then he would tell us what actually happened. Air quotes on actually. Sometimes close to what I said, sometimes very different. It sucked, and I never played with that GM again. Moving back in time. Tales from the Loop is awesome. Hey. (laughs) Cheer that, Brett. I heard that. All right. As I, as I, I would play it. I'm not drawn to it like, oh, my God, I have to. If someone plays it, someone, someone's running it, I'll give it a go. Brett's opened his mind a little bit. Not much. Just enough to try it once. Right. Just just need a crack it. Just enough to get a sliver of air in there. I have the free RPG day, kids and bikes rules, but I really like tails better. I think the rules are much simpler and easier to grok, which I could probably see. Absolutely. Brett. Brett, when we play games, we don't have to have a carth- uh, cathartic emotional experience. It could be just a romp of playing kids in the time of wonderment and fascination, like Goonies, E.T., and even Stranger Things. It is playing in a game where the fight doesn't have to be with an arsenal of weapons other than your smarts. After all, sometimes that is all that kids have sometimes. I have seen some actual plays of Tales from the Loop where people get really emotional and crap. Uh, in crap. And hey, there is no wrong way to play, but my childhood was freaking fantastic. Sure, I had some problems that seemed terrible, but really weren't. And even if you did have a bad childhood, you don't have to go back and revisit that kind of game. My tales are happy-go-lucky, romps in the woods, by the beach, in the fields, and weird shit is going on in grown-ups, as usual, don't understand, care, or believe you. So you got to deal with the problem with you and your buds. Love the game. You're missing out, Brett. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I have to, I have to try it. It's, just, it's still... I get that this would be interesting to you, Saul, but I just... I'm like, eh. Yeah. Carry on. All right. Brett... 
<laughs> it continues with Brett. Good God. I've, it's a good thing I've, you didn't read this. It sounded it would sound a little weird. It would have sounded weird. I didn't even notice this. Good Lord. Congrats on your Kickstarter. It looks like it's going really good breaking stretch goals. Me and Jolene did and j- did and Kickstarter. Mm-mm-mm. Me and Jolene did and Kickstarter pot in a pot. Oh my God. Oh, me. One more time. Me and Jolene did a Kickstarter podcast, and I had to mention your Kickstarter as my latest one pledged, so I drew the ire of my redheaded wife, but it's okay. I will live. Going to have to have a Kickstarter podcast about your experience being a creator from before start to finish. Pre-session zero. My group refuses to do a session zero, so... Have to I have to make do with spamming their emails with questions and getting details. Well, I wonder now, Saul. I would be interested to know why they refuse to do session zero, especially if you're getting it anyway. Well, and I think he I wonder, says you know. So I have to make do with spamming their emails with questions and getting details. So, huh? They are doing it. They just don't want to call it that. Right. They're doing it without actually sitting at the table. It sounds I wonder like. if it's one of those things, and I'm solving to put words in your mouth, but I wonder if this is a case where they're like, look, man, when I show up to the table at game, we're there to game. Right. You right. want to talk about this shit? You talk about it outside the game. Maybe that's the mentality. And I can Maybe. see that. Yeah. Uh, I think it works really well, especially if you plan on having the players having secrets. So you can have a mini RPG session with each player before the game. I recently did this with a Shadowrun game I just started on New Year's Eve, and it went great. The plan was to run the game from noon to about 4 or 5 p.m. with a lunch break. My wife usually can't handle more than five hours playing, but everyone was really jazzed about playing that when I said, ah, it's 5 o'clock, we could stop here. My wife was the first one to say, no, no, we have to finish this game. That was pretty cool. We did finish at 9 p.m. with enough time to play Lord's Waterdeep. Sorry for the long comment, but I have been meaning to respond to many of your podcasts, but have not gotten down to writing you guys. Sorry for the comment, Barrage. Happy New Year to both you and your families. Thanks, Saul. That was very nice of you. Very nice, Saul. Thank you very much. You know, Saul, there's a piece you have up here. Um, We talked about the other DM. One of the GM I played with had a weird habit of interpreting what I said my character did. I actually had this conversation with... um, Edwin Nagy, um, uh, Gary, uh, excuse me, Gamehokan. We're chatting about it because he listened to the actual play podcast I did for my Streets of Avalon thing on with Sneezak and Tom and Kevin and, and Andy. And he said, sounds like you're telling them stuff or you're forcing uh, whatever because so he kind of had a back and forth. I have a tendency, and so it usually works. I've not been told it doesn't. Where, like, if, if, um, Sean says, okay, I'm going to jump over there and uh, grab the curtains and pull them down. So I'd be like, okay, what I'm seeing is I started, I'm starting to use different words um, than I used to. I used to be a little more, here's what happens. And now I'm starting to use phrases like, I'm seeing you leap across the room, right hand grabs it, tears it down, and does this. Is that what you're doing? You know, where I'm trying to add some flair to something that may seem a little less flary or a little, a little on the dull side sometimes. Or... I regurgitate what the player has said, but in my own words to see, do I understand what it is that you're saying to me? So I that's my goal of doing that. And I've tried more and more over the years when I play with people I don't know 
to say, okay, let me read that back to you. All right, so I think I understand what you're doing by this. And then if they agree with me, then great. And I tell players, if you don't agree with us, say so. And um, and I have had people say, even at conventions, go, no, not quite like that. I actually need to use my left hand to pull the curtains down because with my right hand, when I land, I'm doing this other thing. Okay, cool, whatever. But um, I, I don't see that necessarily as a horribly bad thing unless it's a draconian, well, here's what really happens type of thing where you have essentially no agency or say in how that goes down. So I can see where that would piss you off. Yeah. Do you do anything like that, Sean? Uh, no, no. I may may ask for clarification, but other than that, not really. I think that's what I'm doing. One, well, I don't think that's what I'm doing. I know that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get clarification. I'm just doing it in Brett's way versus in Sean's way. And I'm wondering if this game master may be <laughs> to paint him in the best light possible. That this person may well be trying to get clarification. Worst light possible. They're just being a dick and telling you here's what really happened. We go in the hall and you turn a left. No, you go right. All right, I guess we go right. <laughs> yeah, that type of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Thanks for writing in, Saul. I uh, hope the games go smoothly. And if you don't need session zero, well, so be it, man. That's all good. Yeah, you're accomplishing the same thing. You're just doing it over a different mechanism, really. That's right. All right. Um, there's an echo over there, Brett. Is there an there echo? There is. I'm not sure is what that's about. Is it coming from your headphones? All right. Anyways, uh, Todd Crapper had offered to run patrons a game, and he decided to do this audio. So hang in there and listen to what Todd is. Ooh, awesome. Pitching what he's serving up. Ah, thank you, Sean, for giving us the opportunity to speak directly with your servants. I mean, patrons. Behold my voice, BSS. We are chaos. Create and destroy our worlds. And I challenge you to survive a tale or two in the smoldering ruins of what was once the One Land. Think yourself brave enough to stand against the wreckage of absolute power and wield a mere fraction of it with your bare hands? Are you strong enough to get your weapons bloody? Or will you just sit there with Cheetos staining your fingers? Accept my challenge, patrons, and I shall pitch your characters against the harsh realities of my world. This is my game, and I call it High Plains Samurai. An RPG of gunslingers, samurai, barbarians, gangsters, and steampunk in a post-apocalyptic world of superpowers. And we're looking for victims, uh, players, to craft new tales of vigilantes, enforcers, and other anti-heroes surviving the turmoils and machinations of the One Land. Take a ride on the Salvation as it races through the waste. Bring down a gunrunner in the casinos of Yangtze. Face off against a legendary bandit on the quest for vengeance. Or create a new tale for an exclusive, actual play recording. Share your cries for mercy with the world. Or perhaps, create a name for yourself. Do you accept my challenge? 
then I shall leave the doors open to any patrons of this mockery of a podcast they call Gaming and BS. Hi, Brett. Big fan of your work with dead babies, by the way. Enlist and try not to wet yourselves. The one they call Sean shall provide you with the details, for we have no patience for such bureaucracy. Chaos has spoken! And now on with the show. Wow. The nice thing is it's it's not overly dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, that is fucking awesome, oh my dude. God, dude. Oh my god, Todd. Yeah, well, so the, much the for time, my the, game. Um, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. So, how, how do I bypass your crap and get to the good stuff, dude? <laughs> so, oh for everybody God. that wants to play in Todd's game, as long as you're a patron, I think he's gonna open it up, and uh, we'll figure out how to get in on that. Damn, that's awesome. That was cool, Mister yeah. Crapper. Well done, well done indeed, sir. Very well done, man. Jeez, that was super. So- I suddenly feel whole, uh, woefully inadequate. Yeah, tell me about it, man. I'm an, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get my audio skills down, and Todd's burying me. <laughs> All right, was that it? That's it. We're gonna. I, I think we can handle another one. I don't even know what to do. The water. I don't know what to do now. I'm, he's throwing my game off. All right, let's just get into the topic and see what we can do. Let's get to the main topic. What the, hell we, what, what the hell were we talking about anyway? We're talking about chases in our games. From oh, good Lord. Inspiration from Blake Ryan. Yeah, Blake had asked us about chases and some vehicle combat, and I thought we'd break this into two different chunks. So the first thing is I see, hmm, when I run chases in my games, I like to run them to do the whole, I want it to feel exciting. I want to to try to imitate or um, some way, you know, something from, I don't know, Ronin or Born Supremacy or something. I, I want a very intense chase, right? I want it to feel like, are you getting away or, or not? Or even if you're trying to catch the bad guys, you're going to slip your, is you going to slip through your fingers? Did you catch her? Did she catch you? Whatever. And I think there's multiple ways to go about making a chase happen. And I guess what kind of I think Sean, I think my main question to you on this is when you run chases, do you prefer like mini games, the game the chase a uh, subset of rules just specifically for a chase, or do you tend to wing it and kind of use the core rule or the core mechanic to to kind of fumble your way through it? It depends on how well I know the the game rule the set or the the rules of the game and the chase system of those rules. You know what's interesting is, be, and I, I'm gonna throw this in there. Chases come up at weird times. At least they, at least they do for me. I, I very rarely have planned out saying, "Oh, at some point we could probably have to have a chase." Like if I had an encounter that was over water, we talked about this many times in the past. You damn well better know the drowning rules, right? Who can swim? How do you do this? Those type of uh, terrain encounters. But chases seem to come up almost willy-nilly randomly, for me anyway. Do they do that for you? Um, Yeah, but it depends on the genre. If I'm running an espionage game, usually a chase presents itself ahead of time. Like You can have a pretty good idea that it could go that route. So if you're going to run an espionage game, you'd bone up on the chase rules. 
I would I would try, yeah. Yeah. I, most of the times most of the times if I'm running a particular system and I know that there is going to be a chase, then I will try to pin those down. The problem is that with some of us game masters, we have a lot of different systems in our brain and remembering every single system and subsystem of a game can be can my look, Sean's brain is a 16 <laughs> 16 ounce glass. And if you put more than 16 ounces in there, it will fill up and then just overflow and kind of fall out on the table. Look at that. You've got mush. Right. So if I have been running that game for a while, I mean, even Edge of the Empire when we ran, Brett. Yeah. I, there was a, a race. And I don't think I ran it verbatim by the rules. I think I used the system to facilitate what I thought would make sense. But I didn't go through because it would be like, all right, um, let me see this. Okay, let me read this. Um, okay. All right, we start here. All right, now I think I need to do this. You know, I just kind of and that's where I'm, it. Yeah, that's where I'm going. I mean, if I look at like the 5e rules in the DMG, what is this? Uh, page 252, they've got beginning a chase, running the chase. Ending the chase, escape factors, chase complications, your roller D24, urban, wilderness. They've got some pretty good stuff to throw in there, mapping the chase and so on. I know in Knights Black Agents, there's an entire semi-chase mechanic where you track, you know, basically for car chase, well, any kind of chase, you know, how far away you get and when can win or escape conditions type of thing are in there. What tends to happen with me is I don't, when I say it happens willy-nilly, it, it, a chase pops up. If I'm running a fantasy, say I'm running D&D, and there's a big fight in the woods, and I'm like, you know what, fuck it, the goblins are tired of getting their asses kicked, they run. And somebody goes, I chase them down. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, uh, okay. So what usually happens, I shouldn't say usually, what never happens is somebody says, I think there's a chase rule for this. No one looks up the chase mechanics. They just look at me and say, how fast can a goblin move? Well, he's running, so he's doing, I'll pick a, um, say he can do quadruple his movement. So four times he's got 15 foot, so four times that is X. How fast are you? Well, I'm a monk, and I can do super ninja sprinting, and da-da-da. All right, fine, you catch him. It, you know, those those types of things tend to be very, I, I want to say my players want to get very noodly or logical about it, saying, look, if you're 10 feet away from me and you, and you try to sprint away, the fastest you can go is 60 feet, but my movement from a dead, you know, to using this special thing I have is 120 feet. I'm going to catch you. Okay, sure. Off you go. And that usually happens more often. Or I, if it's a car chase, like when I used to run those in Vampire and the old White Wolf system and whatever, it would be, um, I take a difficulty, say, okay, you're being chased. You've got your die pool. I need X number of successes from you. The bad guy gets so many successes and whoever comes out on top by X number of wins, X number of successes, evades the other one or captures the other one. And he, I've made it up on the spot every time. I don't think – I haven't run Knights Black Agents. I was in a Knights Black Agents game that Chris Nizek was running at um, Origins a couple years back. We used the chase mechanics, and they worked out just fine. Um, but I never seem to – no one in my group, even the the guy Alpha, who's a really good rules lawyer, we never go. Oh yeah, there's a chase mechanic. Let's look it up. Grappling, we'll go look up the grapple rules because we don't do it that often. But I've never looked up the chase mechanic rules, and I don't know why that is. Because a lot of these games, I started looking back and I'm like, 
All these games have chase mechanics. I just don't freaking use them. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're kind of I mean, some games capture it better than others and some folks run it some folks know the game well enough where they can just say, All right, it's a chase rule, let's break this out and, and set it up. Um and usually I you know, obviously there is what it comes down to is somebody's trying to get away and somebody's trying to, to capture them or run them over or and you want, into And you them. want to be dramatic, right? Right. And how that is accomplished, usually there is a sense of, you know, distance, initiative. There's some skills that will probably be thrown into the the, the mess. And then based on a combination of those things, they're the, the – Prey and the predator, however you want to say it, the chase and the chase er, eventually they separate or they, the, the, the you know the objective of the chaser is accomplished by you know ramming them or mm-hmm. pulling them over or what have you. Well, that's like a, a complication to a chase, right? I suppose. I mean, what? I mean, if it's a race, it may be to win, but mm-hmm. I don't. Know, I wouldn't consider or chase. A race. I'm sorry if I said race. I, I no, no, chase. you you did say you did say chase, but what I'm saying is if if that may be a part of a the complication may be an end result. Like I want to be able to do a pin maneuver, right? For those of you that aren't familiar with a pin maneuver, that's when the police come up and they tap the back end of your it's car, a pit. backside. It's a pit. Well, that is you're right. It's pit. Zip zaps, man. Zip zaps. It's a pit. <laughs> You're right. It's not pin. It's pit. Uh, it actually stands for something. Yes, right? it does. I can't it, remember what it stands for. It's an for. acronym. Um, but yeah, they come alongside the back end of your car and kind of ram into it, and then it forces you to spin out back end. Yeah, strategy. Now, the one of the reasons why we talked about this a while back when we talked grapple. One of the issues I have with certain grapple rules is that when many games within the game generally speaking, tend to annoy me because a chase occurs because something crazy is happening. Combat. Oh, my God, the bad guy. See, we have to flee. We have to do this. And there's this great tension that's built up, and I can see it in my characters in the players' eyes, right? Their their expectations are, we're going to run. We're going to do this. We got to catch them. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And there's a sense of urgency that just oozes and permeates off the players and then the table. Like, we have to go. It has to be fast. All right, all right, let's stop and map out the uh, chase mechanics here. And it just sucks the air out. And I think that may well be, I think as we said this during the um, grapple component, that I don't know the rules well enough, right? It could be very similar to drowning rules. Quick, look up the drowning rules. And you feel like, oh, my God, I look these up fast because my character's drowning. You know, there's there's a sense of panic. But when it's a chase and you're like, I want to go, I want to make this happen quickly, and you stop and have to map something out or – or say, okay, so let's set the stakes, let's set the this, let's set the that. Okay, now let's have a chase. It feels contrived and inserted artificially. Um, and that may well just be because of my clumsiness of using the system. I need to use it more and more and more. Use a chase mechanic often enough, it becomes just second nature. You know, like roll the hit. Or what does the sleep spell do? It does this. Just don't even look it up. It does this thing. Go. You know, um, but because they don't. When they happen, I don't have it <laughs> readily memorized. Maybe it's one of those things I need to, you know, copy out or put on the back of my GM screen 
where it's there just in case I need it so I can grab it and go faster. Because I think that anytime I've tried to use them in the past, like, oh, wait, there's a chase mechanic. Let me find that. It just sucks the wind right off, right out of everybody's sails as soon as I do that. I, 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 I'm with you. And I think that a lot of the – any of the games that I've ever played have never captured a chase very well mechanically. There's no – there's no sense of urgency within the game. There's no edginess to it. There's no suspense to it. I mean, if you were to take Bullet, okay, the movie Bullet. So if you haven't watched Bullet, folks, it's one of the greatest car chases in, in movie history. I have not seen that. I need to watch that. Oh, man, Steve McQueen, dude, yeah, in Mustang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going through the streets of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could actually just pull it up on YouTube and watch it for like five minutes. But- if you try to capture that in an RPG, forget about it. Hey, forget, forget about, about it. it. Forget about it. Um, I think that the concept of the skill challenge is probably it just it, I my chases tend to boil down to a skill challenge. You know, most do to some degree. Yeah, but it's like, what are the core mechanics for skill challenge? Why do I need a special one for a chase? That's where my head goes. It's like, hey, if I say. For you to evade me, because I'm the bad guy, and you're the good guys, and you and you, um, you guys want to get away. She's driving. She needs to make. She has five opportunities for skill checks. You need to have three successes to get away. And every, you know, and if I make successes, I get to uh, like bump the difficulty class or something. So I, I kind of, I very rapidly at the start of a chase, I set the stakes, saying, "Look." You can escape if you do this. However, every time I do this other thing, your difficulty goes up by five. Oh, my God. All right. And then the dice have to be in my in my position. I make the dice all be rolled in the open because I want the players to see it. Right? So if I'm rolling behind a screen or somewhere where they normally couldn't see, I want to pull that D20 out if I'm using that or whatever my mechanic is. And the player rolls and I roll. We're comparing it's all right there at the table, and everybody's on the edge of their seat wanting to see what the outcome of all those die rolls are. But I think, um, it, like, in 5e, they have, like, um, I should not like, they do have complications and such, which to me give you some really good ideas of what you could throw in the way of somebody if they were to fail a check or use the as the chaser succeeded, you could give them a complication type of thing. But I, but I always default towards just, a flat-out skill check where we quickly and uh, quickly agree as to what the stakes are and then just go with it. Nobody nobody in my groups that I've played with really want to stop and look up the rule for it. So I I think here's a, here's a quick system I would put together for a potential chase system in a game. A game of Slapjack. Slapjack? Oh, my God. Have you ever played Slapjack? Like, yeah, it's like Uno, but faster. Play slapjack, but the thing is, you throw in. So you have okay, but I'm a, I'm a driver. So how does my driving skill come into play? So let's say that during slapjack, a certain card pauses it for a second. So you could say there's four jacks in a deck. Do you want to explain the rules of slapjack? So okay, people understand I should probably do that. So if you grew up uh, playing slapjack, you know what this is. But it's you take a deck of cards. It's between two people. And you deal out the cards face down and nobody sees them. And then you flip the card. And every time a jack comes up face up, you 
slap your hand on the jack, on the top of the deck. And then whatever is below that jack, the deck that that those cards you get to take. They go into your hand. Yep. They go into your hand to your discard, like to your pile, right? And then you keep going until you have all four jacks, essentially. So it could go back and forth because what happens is at the end of everybody playing their cards one by one, uh, you take what you had won, turn them over, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. So it could go back and forth for a while. So the, the the key is to keep an eye out for a jack and slap it. And that's and then you get all those cards and then another jack and then blah 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 rinse repeat. So I don't know if I captured that very well. I'm kind of mumbled. Anyways, so let's say for example you play a game of slapjack. The nice thing is, is it it creates that tension. Like when's the jack going to show up? When's the jack? Maybe you put in a speed factor. Um, you know who could get through it the quickest or what have you. You could limit the cards too. Just be face cards. That's true. I mean, you could you could. Yeah, that's interesting. And you take you take your driving skill and what happens with the driving skill would be that if I win my skill is higher my okay I roll my driving skill or whatever that is and mm-hmm. the other person rolls their driving skill the person that wins has to have the opposite person flip two or three cards as you do not have to oh okay which would give you the advantage of being able to slap jack faster yeah huh Right, so you're the thing is with many rules in RPGs is if they're designed to capture a feel of something. So the example would be Dread and the Jenga Tower. So for mm-hmm. those who've never played Dread, it uses a Jenga Tower to create suspense. A couple of, uh, a couple of guys were running that at EverCon. It was pretty cool to see. You could see the people panicking as they had to pull <laughs> they had to pull uh, little uh, pieces of wood out there. It was pretty fun. Right. Yeah, ten candles. When the candles burn down and they go out, and things. No, the that interesting extra. thing to me is depending on who's in your group, right? So if you have if you have someone in your group who's not um, very fast with their hands physically, a game like slapjack might be hard, or it may put that person at a distinct disadvantage, right? When you take something from a my character has and die and dice rolling to a physical challenge. It can get kind of tricky. I like the idea though. It's an option. If it's something your, your group would find really cool. I think it would be kind of fun to do or at least to try it. But I think you're right. A lot of the times, I mean, when Chris ran the, uh, when Sneezak ran the, the chase mechanics in uh nice black agents for us at origins, it was okay. I mean, yeah, it, it did the job. We got away. That was fine. But I felt, bleh. Yeah. Like, all right, just wait and just see what happens. You know, it just there was no. I did not feel tension. Well, and I, I try to make sure that there's a chase has as much tension as I can cram into it. You know, the Spycraft 2.0 chase is kind of interesting. Now I didn't bone up on it right before the show, but I know what happens is you um, obviously there's there's all usually there's a distance. And there is maybe a an objective. So either like in Savage Worlds, you can set the chase length. So standard, extended, or, you know, there's a dogfight too. And at the end of that set time, wh- whoever is this wins and the opposite would lose. 
with Spycraft, they incorporate, because it's D20 based, there is a driving skill and you roll that, you get some modifiers. It also takes into play some terrain, um, but you also can use chase cards. So the chase card themselves, which is kind of cool, has um, requirements. So if you are playing a particular card, you have to have met the requirement to play it first. For example, some are listed as none. So the um, setup, like chase card, um, you prepare for something completely different with the lock entirely unexpected during the next conflict round. Hmm. So you're setting something up. There is no requirement. But say you wanted a ram, your requirements would be a lead of one to four. So you'd have to have the lead on our particular on the on the scenario okay. and then the skill check modifier to pull that off would be a minus two um so there's a skill check modifier and then there's advantages which are attack impact um there's one that says stress and twist so what happens is if you pull off that maneuver or on that chase card it creates something within the chase which is kind of cool so you could go hey i'm gonna try this and if i you succeed you know, it, it all kind of encompasses everything. So it, it doesn't have to be overly complicated, but there are some cool things that it considers when you're driving a car at high speed through alleys and everything and what you're trying to accomplish. Hmm. You know, and we're saying this. Now, the thing, somebody's probably listening and saying, oh, I always, I, I use those mechanics and it feels super stressful to me. Yeah. And I think that's fine. My... If you've listened to us be long enough, if you listen to us long enough, or at least gotten through the garbage to a couple points about who I am as a game master, one of the things I I want fast resolution at my table. I don't like um, messing around with overly complicated, <coughs> excuse me, overly complicated resolution mechanics. I want to be able to go and roll with it, even when I'm playing Middle Earth role playing or Role Master. Um, I know the charts. I keep the combats tight. And we go bam, 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 bam. And I feel if I'm taking what I deem is too long, and it's purely subjective, I feel like I'm failing or I'm losing my my players because I want to go quicker. I'm positive there are groups out there who are like, no, man, I if it takes an extra hour to, to find and use the actual chase rules, I'm cool with that because that's the way the game should be played. That's absolutely everything we're saying here. It means nothing to you. <laughs> you know, you're just looking for a chase mechanic that kicks ass and is the has the right steps or approach to it that you want because there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm going to use the chase mechanics from 5e or for Spycraft or um, Top Secret or, what, or whatever is out there. You can easily say, no, that's totally legit. I just use those rules whenever. I don't need to feel like I am personally out of breath because my character was running down an alley. Some players are not into that, and they just want to roll their dice, use the system, Find out what the outcome is. Go okay, cool. Then we do the next thing or whatever happens. You know, not everybody has the same emotional investment um, requirement. I guess if that makes sense. Does that make sense, Sean? It does. And and there are different. I mean, there's people that are going to play a particular game and they're going to go, okay, this is how we're going to run this. And then yep. they just come up with. It's either a a component that they're implementing from another game mm-hmm. or they may just wing it on the fly. So there are some, um, oh, geez, Blades in the Dark uses some clocks, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to set this clock at four. 
you know, it's a circle that's, you know, broken up and then you're going to have that amount of time to, to make things happen. And we're going to have some skill checks and then make some check marks and call it a day. There are some that's going to have a D20 based drive skill. You get to do opposed checks and you're going to have, you know, it's almost like a skill check. If you win five times, first one who wins the five gets away or captures the other one. Yeah. Let's roll. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Can I assist? Right. So you get some of the other players within the car to assist with things like, hey, I'm helping navigate or pick out things that might be obstacles. Um, and then you're throwing in DCs, maybe if it's a DC based, you know, difficulty class. So it it varies all over the board. I mean, it can vary all over the board. Um, and you're right, Brett, it can come to a screeching halt. How do you get around that? And what's interesting in this is kind of a hey Brett, you dumbass moment is because chases pop up randomly in my games, because as I've said before on the show, I don't I don't follow so Sean, you're if you're running Tomb of Annihilation, you can go, well, hey, if they head down this path, there's a chase. You know, I, I can see the chase happening. This is totally a chase is coming. Um, I tend not to I don't think that I don't think that far ahead in some cases. But I think it's all the more it would be handy for me to think of chase rules like grapple rules, like drowning rules, like, hey, um, make a note somewhere that this is where those things exist. If you're using GM screen, say, hey, you know, page 252 of the 5e Dungeon Master's Guide. Hey, page XYZ in, you know, StarCraft, it's over, StarFinder, it's over here or whatever. Because that way, if you are like me and you're playing it a little more improv and it happens, you're like, oh, crap, there's a chase. You know what? Hey, guys, I have these chase rules. Let's roll them out. If you can produce those chase rules in an improv game with speed, you can say, hey, I got the chase rules. Let's let's go. Hey, I have the grapple rules. Let's go. I think you can get your players willing to give it a shot, even if they've never used those chase rules before and they're not even sure if they like them. They'd be willing to try it and then use a game master would have the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I've never used these chase rules before, but let's give them a go tonight. Hey, sounds good to me. And then you try it and see what happens. And your players may be like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it'll be faster next time. Keep going. Or they may say, you know, I just like the skill challenges that we used to do. Can we go back to that? Absolutely. Off you go. But um, just kind of a prep tip, if you will. You know, if there's combat, there's maybe grappling. If there's, <laughs> honestly, if there's combat, it could be a little bit of anything. But think about it. There's, you know, hand-to-hand trying to murder you. There's hand-to-hand grappling type stuff. And somebody's going to run away. And if you're a game master like Sean and I, every once in a while, the bad guys are like, fuck all this. They give up or they run. You know, the bandits are like, oh, you've been beating our ass for a while. I'm sick of getting shot with lasers. I run. I run through the I run through the jungle. Hey, you know, then what are your, you know, Starfinder guys going to do? Are they going to bust through the jungle and chase after them? And if they do, do you have the chase mechanics handy so that you can do this? Because if it is something that could break out at any given time, make a note. I think I'm going to do that myself next time. So, yeah, let us know how you're running chases if you're running it by the book and how easy it is. And and maybe you've had experience with different chase systems and that you find a particular one appealing because of X or Y. Let us know. We'd be interested to know what is really out there that really facilitates a good chase and why it does. Especially when we're talking mini games, because if it's a, a game inside a game on, on a chase, it's a pretty portable thing. I should be able to take it and move it somewhere else. 
or with minimum effort pounded into shape. So yeah, definitely tell us what you tell us what you think and what you know. Cool. Right. Die roll. All right, I got a few I just kind of wanted to put up there and bring to people's attentions this week. What you got? Um, first one, Carbon 2185 Kickstarter. I think I mentioned this a little while ago, but now they are on the verge of heading their Kickstarter out. So if you're a big fan of cyberpunk, then I would check out this Kickstarter coming January 15th, 2019 by Dragon Turtle Games. Uh, link in the show notes to their website. I don't think there's a link to um, the Kickstarter yet because it's not Kickstarter as of this um, recording. January 14th, okay. Uh, second one, The Marriage of Count Roderick, which I saw on Twitter is a Pendragon 5.2 edition adventure by Greg Stafford, the late, great Greg Stafford, as well as Veli Matty... Pelconin. Pelconin. It's free, huh? Free on Chaosium. So if you are a Pendragon fan or if you want to just see what a Pendragon adventure looks like, uh, go ahead and download that one off of Chaosium. Link in the show notes. And then the last one, she's a super geek. Um, if you haven't heard of them, uh, Andy um, and Senda, Senda. Uh, mm-hmm. they both get on the mics and typically run a one-shot game. And they are uh, played by the General's Hand, which is by Broken Ruler Games, also known as Todd Crapper. Um, and that game, if you heard the episode a while back when Brett and I were talking about, we were talking about something and, and Todd said, hey, you know, I'm going to make this game. And he, he listened to us and he brought this game uh, to fruition and they act, do an actual play. So check that out. Very um, cool. They also have a link in their show notes. If you get done with the actual play and want to buy the general's hand, I think it's like a buck fifty on drive through. It's like yeah, that's yeah. a steal. Yeah. And it's a one on one 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 on one game. Very cool. Yeah. We did get one from Chris Johnson, listener. He called our attention to Scabbard. It's a campaign management tool, so we got a link in the show notes to that. Looks kinda cool. Campaign management tools are one of those things where every once in a while I find them like, oh, that's pretty cool. Obsidian yeah. Portal, use that for a while, and then eh, sometimes you get away from it. But people are always coming up with new and different ways to do things. And even if it, you try it, you're like, eh, I didn't like that or whatever. But it's it's worth looking at. And um, so anyway, thank you, Chris, for calling that to our attention. So uh, go out there and take a look at that. What are we talking about next week, Brat? Well, Sean, next week is going to be a tale of two campaigns. You're kicking off a little something-something, and I've got something-something coming this coming Saturday. We're both kicking off different campaigns on Saturday. So I thought, hey, it's kind of our session zero, first uh, foray into the new campaign. Let's come back and see. Some of the things we talked about, shit we wanted to do more often was, hey, how do we do our session zero? What challenges have we found? And uh, kind of uh, have we been able to use any lessons that we've learned <laughs> over the last year to make our make our campaigns better. Let's see what happens. All right. Well, that's another episode of Gaming NBS. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good gaming all. This episode of Gaming NBS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, Andy Hall, Hawk Sparrow, Larry Hout, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, C.W. Mellencamp, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, 
Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValle, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Roger Braslett, John Hammersley, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, John Coward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Maurice, Niall Diamond, Angus, Chad Glayman, Finolf, Mirko Froelich, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, Josh Wallace, Kevin Lovecraft, Andy Olson, and Tony Sugarloaf Baker. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This has been a Litterbox Studio production. Gaming NBS episode 225 coming to you Monday, January 14th, actually. Being recorded Monday, January 14th, 2019. That's not right. What the hell is going on now? You broke it. Hold on a second. Oh, I know what I'm doing. Hey. I'm going to back up a second. This episode of Gaming NBS coming to... God damn it. You think you think I never done this before? One more time. Well, after another at, at the next 4 years, we'll have this shit wired. <laughs> Automation. AI will get us. Dude, what is going on? Sorry. I hit a button. I'm sorry. So are you wanting to connect or what, dude? No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Because I've accepted twice and it keeps not doing anything. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. So I'm just going to ignore it. We'll ignore that for now. All right. We shall go without. Okay. All right. So this week. What the hell were we talking about anyway?